welcome to the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's G5 football community. Folks, it's bowl season. Hope you're as excited as I am. Uh, we got a few games to get through today. Uh, this is the bowl preview show, so we're going to run through all of the uh, bowl games that feature our favorite league, uh, Conference USA teams. Um, got quite a few. Um, my name is Joe Lundergan. I'm a Western Kentucky blogger over at underdogdynasty.com. Uh, if my voice is a little raspier, a little more uh, Barry White-esque today, I'm fighting off a cold, so I apologize for that. Um, but luckily to pick up the slack, I've got the former Old Dominion kicker punter, Satchel Ziffer, with me, as always. How are you, dude? I'm good. How about yourself? <laughs> God bless. Uh yeah, so that, it's going to be that kind of show, so apologies in advance, but uh, we're recording this pretty early in the morning, and Satchel's already made the comment once about how crazy I am for uh, doing this to myself. So 6.30 in the morning. No one wants to talk at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm just getting over the black lung. It's fine. I, could, I work my other job in the uh, coal mines of West Virginia with uh, Derek <laughs> Zoolander and his father so oh god um but i i think there's a really good bowl slate for conference usa it's gonna make for really good football watching so without further ado first one on the docket rnl carriers new orleans bowl troy uh against north texas um that's gonna be at noon this saturday the 16th in the superdome so with this one, something that I think is really interesting, uh, Troy is the Sun Belt champion, if you didn't know. This offense is super entertaining to watch. Uh, they beat LSU earlier in the year, um, but kind of struggled against a few other teams uh, within their league, Idaho and uh, New Mexico State, uh, to name the two primary culprits. But I, I think this is going to be a really high-scoring one because North Texas's offense is so good. And uh, Troy's offense is, is really strong as well. However, it, you have two teams here that are actually pretty similar in terms of their strengths and their weaknesses. So I, I'm i on the fence about who to pick. But I, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to say North Texas is going to be able to pull this one out. Um, I actually think differently just because of the fact that you know, Troy gives up so much less points. I mean, North Texas is used to giving up a lot of points. Troy gives up <laughs> 17, 17 points per game. Um, they give up 100, only 114 yards rushing, only 225 passing. So they give up almost 100 yards less um, through the air and only um, and have only 50 fewer yards uh, averaging total yards uh, on offense. My bad. It's early. Um, so I think Troy does win this game. Okay, that's fair. Uh, if the Mean Green had Jeffrey Wilson back, I think this would be a little bit different story. Um, but I, I think while it is going to be close, uh, I, I think Mason Fine's going to be able to pull it out. But, you know, I, I, th- I think I'm, after reading the amount of predictions on this game, I can safely say that I am in the minority on that. But, you know, it. that's why you play the games. Um, second bowl game, then, we'll just keep right on rolling. Uh, Western and Georgia State. So here's the thing about uh, this game that will take place at Camping World Stadium in Orlando at 2.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. <coughs> uh, it's Mike White's last go-around in his home state. I think he's going to come in with a renewed focus and really want to win for that reason. Um, And also, Western's pass defense has been really solid all year, and that's kind of the strength of Georgia State's offense with uh, Connor Manning and Rashad Penny, who, uh, if you didn't know, Rashad Penny actually led the Sun Belt in uh, receiving yards this year uh, with 1,094. Um, He's really fun to watch, but I think with the veteran DB core that Western has, They've played really well all year, and I think they're going to be able to sh- uh, keep him contained for the most part, maybe not shut him down. But um, they Western's played plenty of defenses this year where I've looked at them and said, uh, that pass rush is really going to give them problems considering how bad the offensive line is. 
this isn't one of those teams, so I think they kind of lucked out in that regard. Um, and for that reason, I, I think they have a very good shot of winning by 10. Yeah, like the only thing I would say is that this Georgia State team kind of is similar to the FIU team. But at the end of the day, I think last game for Mike Wyatt, I think they win this one by about, yeah, I was going to say 10 about. Do any For you, any particular names on either Georgia State's offense or defense that uh, maybe Conference USA fans don't really uh, know off the top of their heads? Uh, what's his name? Um, Penny Hart, mm-hmm. the wide receiver. Yep. I mean, he's a really good wide receiver, only a sophomore. He went to Buford, so, you know, state champion. Kid's only 5'8", 180 pounds, but uh, 73 receptions on the year, 1,094 yards, second 1,000-yard season in a row for him. He true freshman had, like, like, what, like 1,100 yards or something like that? So, and eight touchdowns for this year, um, 17 for his career. That's a, he's a really good wide receiver that you're going to look for in this game to, like, make – you know, maybe some big plays to keep Georgia State in the game. And hopefully Western's corners uh, can kind of take care of him. But, I don't know, with the, the with how inconsistent they've played, if they can end the season with a, with a bowl win, I think, uh, then I can say the season was, you know, kind of an overall success, like a 60-40 success. But, you know, at the same time... You could say 70-60 success. <laughs> Math jokes, but um, yeah, with, with how Westerns played this year, I think if they can just put it together for one more game and uh, play a complete game um, and keep Mike White on his feet and give him a good chance to kind of like uh, give him one more audition for the NFL, um, that's all you can really ask of this team at that point. Um, yeah. And then the New Mexico Bowl. I, this is going to be my one to watch, honestly, um, at Dream, Dream Style Stadium in Albuquerque. That's that's a New Mexico name for a stadium, if I ever saw <laughs> one. Um, but uh, 12, uh, 2.30 Mountain Time um, is when you can catch that game on ESPN. Uh, tickets from 18 bucks. I would definitely go check that out if I was in Albuquerque. But... There's two really evenly matched teams playing in this one. Um, for one, Marshall's offense is obviously very stellar, even though they kind of fell off. Uh, and Colorado State is kind of in the same boat. Had some really great offensive talent on that team, just never really put anything together in terms of a run at the Mountain West title. But uh, Marshall's defense is actually pretty solid. Um they finished sixth in the Mountain West in scoring defense this year, um, which isn't bad, but it, it's still something to uh, pay attention to. Um, and they're pretty good at stopping the run, but at the same time, Marshall runs a pretty pass-heavy offense with Chase Lydon and Ryan Yurichek and all those guys. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to think, but my gut with this one is saying, uh, my gut with this one is saying Marshall, honestly. Uh, we're disagreeing again. Yeah. I think Colorado State's going to win this one. And I think when you have as much offensive power as Colorado State has and seeing the problems that Marshall has when they're playing a team that has a lot of offensive power, I mean, that's the problem for them. I mean, you're going to you're gonna keep a team. A team's not going to have to be on the field long. Look what FIU was able to do with them. Look what FAU was able to do to them. Plus, coming into this game, five, the last five games are f- one and four. So, with their only win being to, of course, Western Kentucky. Um, I mean, Colorado State's are, you know, they're only, they're two and three, but at the end of the day, they played, they played Boise State to a 59-52 overtime. Uh, Wyoming, at Wyoming, 16-13. I mean, it was a lot closer games, a lot better games against better opponents, too. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just think that Colorado State's a more talented team, and I don't think, uh, Marshall's going to really have an answer for, like, you know, Michael Gallup, who's the, one of the nation's number one re- receivers. Um, it's going to be a lot of scoring, I think, but I I, I just don't think um, Marshall's going to be have enough to hold up with Colorado State. So what I heard from all that is the Mountain West is a better conference than Conference USA. 
that seemed to be no, clearly no. Be. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just think I think the head end of the the Mountain West is better than the head end of the Conference USA, but I don't think full full book of things it's better. Because That's, yeah. Because I think you I mean Boise State year in and year out is always very competitive. You have San Diego San Diego State who's always really good. I mean, you have like those top end teams in that conference, but more or less you have six or seven bowl wins by conference USA teams every year. So it's like it really just depends on what you what you uh, measure and what your metric of measurement is. That's true. Um, so going to be a really fantastic game between the Thundering Herd and Colorado State. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to watch it, and that's the problem because that is going to be like probably the best G5 versus G5 bowl game. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, they do have the benefit of being on ESPN, but it's it's in kind of that like weird uh, a time slot. I feel like being uh, like a two thirty game on the East Coast. Uh, it's also the sixteenth. I don't know if anyone even watches football at this point. <laughs> they they just wait until the thirtieth. That's a lot, fair. Of, a lot of like not real fans, like people that just kind of watch leisurely. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of like most of G5 football in a nutshell for the most part. I mean, this is this sure. stuff is for the diehards. You know, the the casual fan isn't really uh, paying too much attention to stuff that goes on outside the top 25, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, the day ones, they're going to be sticking around for, for games like this, hopefully. Drop that power cord. Okay. Oh, I'm struggling. All right. We'll get through it. Uh, Ray, uh, the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl in... Uh, Montgomery, Alabama, the Cranton Bowl, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, no, sorry, 7 p.m. local time. Middle Tennessee versus Arkansas State. Um, this one's going to be interesting. I think I think Arkansas State can probably take this one. Um, middle spreads the ball around quite a bit, but um, Arkansas State's like defensive line. That's a really fun group to watch, um, and. Middle Tennessee, they're just a little bit one-dimensional right now. Brett Stockstill is really good um, when he's able to stay healthy and kind of get the ball spread around. But, you know, the running game has been okay this year. Um, You know, they kind of give the ball to a few different backs. Um, So one of the things to keep an eye on, though, uh, Middle Tennessee is actually undefeated in games where they are able to get one running back over 100-plus yards this year. So if they're probably going to try to get that going as much as possible, but at the end of the day, I think passing is kind of their strength, and uh, you know Arkansas State's defensive front is going to give Brent Stockstill some problems, in my opinion. I also just don't think this Arkansas State team is good as their their comfort their uh, their record says they are. Mm. I mean, we can all admit that the Sun Belt is very. Very, like, just mediocre, to say the best. Mm-hmm. There's not really any good teams in it, and their they're, they're loss this season are two of the best teams in the conference, and then, obviously, two out-of-conference teams, but, like, or not the best, but, like, better, the best opponents they play from the conference. So I, I don't think this Arkansas State team's that good. I think having Stockstill back has, you know, revitalized this Middle Tennessee team. Mm-hmm. I think Middle Tennessee takes this one. Okay. Do you have a uh, score prediction there? Do you, you think Stock still is going to be? I mean, obviously, when, since he's come back, he's been a huge difference maker. But you think having him? I think now, it's going to be this going to be a high scoring game mm-hmm. because I mean, Middle Tennessee can put up a lot of yards, and their average yards doesn't show that just because of where they had to be before this. So I'm thinking something like it's going to be a huge score. It's going to be like 49 to 38 or something like that. Be a big scoring game. That would be fun. Uh, yeah. Give the fans in the uh, the Crampton Bowl. I don't know why that name is so entertaining to me. Uh, something something fun to watch. Um, so one last go around for uh, Brent Stockstill um, for his father Rick. Um, hopefully a bowl one can kind of uh, quiet some of the hot seat discussion that he's inevitably going to be under uh, towards the start of next year and, and over the summer. Um, so that's it for the Saturday games coming up this week. Uh, should be a fun slate. And then moving into next week, um, we got the uh, conference champs, Florida Atlantic, hosting Akron on their home field in the uh, Boca Raton Bowl. 
the Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. I should be uh, more specific. 7 p.m. local time on ESPN. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty um, entertaining game, but uh, I don't. You don't really? No. I mean, I think any game that Florida Atlantic's played so far, I think they're going to win. Like, oh, I think they're just going to destroy them. I don't know. Any any game that Florida Atlantic's played this year has been uh, pretty entertaining to me. You know, once they got going, of course. But um, for the, the Max to send for the Akron, it should not be Akron from the Max to play them. It's it's ridiculous. It's I mean you're 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 sending a team to play the conference champ who has over a hundred less yards of total offense than total defense per game. That makes, like, come on, yeah, yeah, it makes it an interesting choice then because you have the home team essentially playing this game on their own field. Yeah. Um, and I guess somewhere along the line, the committee of that bowl thought just giving them maybe an easier game would kind of help, uh, you know, help like raise attendance levels, or maybe just the fact that it was the home team would kind of give them a shot at higher attendance levels. But you know, with FAU, unfortunately, like the most of Conference USA this year, their attendance hasn't been amazing. So I don't really know why you would go that move. I feel like if you gave them you know, a better game against, you know, either a lower tier. I mean, it was probably or something TV like that. market or something. Yeah, That's guess. all I can really think. There's like, there's no other reason I would see like a team like Akron going to, to play the best team in the conference. Like I, I know they, they were number one in their like side of the conference in the, in um, the, what's it called? The East, but. Like send a send a team that's at least like relatively a decent team. I mean, send Toledo, send Ohio, send anyone else, send Central Michigan. So like I don't know, like you, uh, I don't know. It's just too, Akron. I don't even know how they won games having a hundred less yards per game than their opponent. Makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, here's another stat for you. Akron has. Give it up 240 yards or more in four of their last seven games. So, uh, when you're 240 get, yards? Per- yeah, Akron has given up 240 yards. Um, yeah, I believe that's, I believe that's just in, uh, I believe that's just on the ground. So, um, when you're uh, okay. going up against a, uh, FAU team who are very, very, very good at running the ball. That is a problem. Uh, yeah. So, so I, uh, yeah. And and the thing is, these Mac, Sorry. these Mac teams never really pair up well against these Conference USA, like these Southern teams, because they're just not used to it. It's like it's like playing the SEC in the Big Ten. Every once in a while, you have one, but like right now, like the speed is just not equivalent. And and you know, it's it's going to show out there. I think I could be wrong, but I I think I'm right here. I think you're probably correct as well. Uh, just the third bowl game for uh, both of these teams, I believe. Um, so Florida Atlantic got a pretty good draw there um, in terms of guaranteeing an easy win. So I I think FAU – okay, that's weird. My computer crashed. But FAU, you definitely got a – you got a good, good game there. You're going to put up a lot of points, put up a lot of yards. Um have they ever won a like? Did they win any games other than sh- under uh, Schnellenberg? Uh, bowl games? Yeah, I don't think so. FAU. Have they ever won a bowl game? Oh yeah, they did. Tw- yeah. 2007, 2008. Was that so they've, un- won, so they've won both of their bowl games? Correct. They've was that won- was that under Schnellenberger though? Yeah, that was under Schnellenberger. Oh, he was right. uh, 01 to 11. Huh. Interesting. So he he was there from the start. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah. So Florida Atlantic uh, looking for their third win. Um, I think they'll be okay. Make it uh, three for three in bowl games there. And uh, Lane Kiffin, his legacy as a head coach uh, continues to uh, to blossom. Um, day after that, Wednesday the twentieth, Louisiana Tech taking on SMU in the Frisco Bowl at uh, seven p.m. Uh, local time there in Frisco, Texas. Um, this one's interesting. I think SMU's offense is going to give Louisiana Tech a lot of problems. 
as much as I think Louisiana Tech's offense got better over the course of the year, uh, that defense is just not great. However, with SMU, you have the issue of uh, Sonny Dykes, this being his first game as head coach after Chad Morris left for the Arkansas coaching job. So mm-hmm. I think anytime you have that, there's going to be a little bit of like uh, disorganization. So that's that's kind of a problem. But, uh, you know, in 9 and 12 games this year, SMU scored 59 points or more. And uh, that's kind of a problem for this uh, Louisiana Tech uh, defense. You said in 9 out of 12 games? <laughs> um, wait. No, I'm sorry. They gave up. Uh, or that was total. Was, uh, fuck, I fucked that up. Okay. Um, <laughs> in the, There's probably going to be a lot of points in this game because both SMU and Louisiana Tech not great at defense. Um However, SMU, I think it's a it's a matter of SMU being pretty good at offense and S and Louisiana Tech being just okay at offense. Um, so I think whoever gets more stops is obviously just gonna get the uh, victory here. But I'm taking SMU simply because of uh, that offense is just you know yeah, they're I, very tough to get stops against. Yeah, and I think I think it's gonna be kind of like a it's going to be one of those games where it's like, uh, you know, SMU will be in the 50s, uh, Louisiana Tech in the 30s, because I don't think SMU has that great of a defense, but they're they're better. They can hold up for at least a couple drives, mm-hmm. and I just don't I don't see Louisiana Tech really doing much. So on the defensive side of the ball, at least, I I, I can agree. Um, but offensively for Tech, I think we're going to see another pretty solid game out of uh, Jamar Smith. Uh, I believe this is Boston Scott's last game, so look for him to turn in some solid numbers. Um, but really for uh, Jamar Smith, I, I think we're going to see him develop into a really quality player next year. So I, you know, hopefully this gives us some, a little bit something more to kind of be excited about um, when we kind of review the end of bowl season and look for, uh, you know, guys to watch next year. Um Next game on the docket, the uh, the P6 game, uh, as I like to call it. Uh, Thursday, the 21st, Temple facing FIU in St. Petersburg at 7 p.m. local time on ESPN. Um, with FIU, this is going to be kind of a cool game for them because not only do they have the chance to set the program record for wins in a season, but they have several guys on the team from Tampa uh, to boot. Quarterback Alex Mago, uh, running back Brad Muhammad. Um, so I think they're playing for you know not just pride, but like for those seniors to kind of go out in front of their home crowd. I think that's I think that's really cool. Um, so I I think FIU has a really good shot, um, but I don't know a ton about Temple as a team. Uh, what do you know about them, Satchel? Not much. All I know is that they're just pretty run-of-the-mill they're just they're pretty much these two teams are really similar in a lot of ways um it's kind of it's kind of going to be a toss-up and i just think i'm going to give it to temple solely on the fact that there's going to be more depth on that team than there is on off for an international team international fiu had a really good year but at the end of the day they're just still a young team or not a young team but um they're less depth than you know some of these you know quote-unquote from you p6 teams so, I I I don't see I don't see a way that Temple could really lose this one. I I think it'll be a really close game, and I think FIU could show like momentum, and if they can capitalize on momentum, then maybe they could win this game. So it's a toss up in that sense, but I just I I think Temple has more depth, so I think they'll win this one. That's a fair point. You talk about momentum; both teams kind of have it going in their favor. Uh, the one Temple won three of their final four games, uh, just barely made it to six wins, and then Florida International uh, scored 104 points in the final two games. Yeah, thank you, UMass. <laughs> right, exactly. But, um, uh, it, I mean, A, the name of this bowl is 
crazy. I can't believe that happened. Uh, the bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Um, but uh, we've kind of talked about it on the show before, but um, the kind of turnaround that Butch Davis has done this year uh, in one year is great. Like, I, it's really hard to do that, and I think the impression... He's being overshadowed, he's being overshadowed by someone that's 20 miles away from him. <laughs> that's the thing. Like... And even then, just that whole state of Florida has been like, it's been turnaround central this year between yeah. Central Florida, Florida Atlantic, and FIU, uh, and then like South Florida even kind of turned in a pretty good year uh, in Charlie Strong's. I want to say second year, no first year. No, it was first year. Yeah, yeah. Let, first let's year. not let's not get confused though. You know, UCF had a good year last year. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't. A new thing for UCF. They just had a, they just had a really bad year two years ago. So mm-hmm. it's like they still went six and six in a regular season last year. Went to a bowl game, and F or and USF went twenty or they went like ten and three last year. So I'm saying this is a turnaround year for Southern Florida. This is a turnaround in a bad way for the major two teams in college in Florida, with both go almost going to no bowl game in Florida state in Florida. So that's true. Um, so the South Florida teams, uh, continuing their impressive year with one more game. Uh, hopefully FIU can kind of get the win in front of what is going to be, uh, something of a home crowd there. I don't know what the, uh, temple alumni network is like in, uh, the Tampa area, but I can imagine there's going to be, um, some pretty decent support for FIU considering the local boys they have, uh, in that game. Um, and then on Friday, December 22nd, uh, UAB getting the arguably the best uh, bowl spot in terms of a vacation for those players. Uh, the Bahamas Bowl at Thomas Robinson Stadium in Nassau, uh, 1230 East Coast time is when you can catch that one on ESPN against the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, we kind of talked about this one a little bit ago. Um, when we did our mailbag thing because UAB locked up a bowl spot so early. Um, but uh, what do you think of this game, Satchel? I think you have UAB going in, uh, winning four of their last five, Ohio losing their last two in a row. I think you give this to UAB. I think they're a stronger team. I think I, I, I honestly don't understand why Ohio has 73.8% of the F, FPI for ESPN. Uh, but I see, I, I see UAB winning this one, and I, w- I see them winning this outright. I think them, they want to finish the season the right way. They want to do it. They want to do it for their coach. I, yeah, I don't see them losing this one. Neither do I. I with this team, obviously the rushing attack is really, really solid. Um, and then not only that, AJ Early is pretty good. So if I think he, if he can come out and play a really good game along with the running backs, I think they have it. However, they're going to have to play arguably their best game of the year because while Ohio is not an amazing team, that run defense is one of the better ones in the G5. Yeah, but I think the thing that changes UAB from most teams is that they're so evenly set on both sides of the ball. That it's just, it's kind of strange. Like, they give up literally almost the exact same amount of yards within 20 yards on both offense and defense. Like, or, yeah, they, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you never know where you're going to get really hit from because they can do it both ways. They've proven that. And I think that's why UAB has had such a successful year. It's because they have playmakers everywhere that can, you know, step up when their number's called, you know? And I think that's why it's hard to cover them. I think that's why Ohio State's going to have a Ohio is going to have a problem because you know if if the running game isn't working out and they're being they're able to stop it, then they'll just go to the throwing game where they've given up 261 yards per game. So it's it's just a matter of can UAB game plan correctly and then make halftime adjustments to you know win this game. That's true. To piggyback on that. If this UAB defense can turn the ball over, you mm-hmm. know, at least twice, I think they got it because uh, Ohio is 0-4 when it's a minus two or worse in turnover margin. 
but they're eight and zero. Pulling out the random statistics here. I'm trying, um, but I think I think if UAB can kind of get in there and force a couple of turnovers, uh, kind of take away that that confidence factor from Ohio, I think I think they got it in the bag. But yeah, and I, and I also I think that they need to you know they need to try and talk to the equipment staff at Ohio because apparently if Nathan Rourke isn't wearing his uh his his bright pink lucky slippers the night before, you know, he might they'd lose the game ninety percent of the time. So Is that a thing? No. <laughs> I'm just making up random stats because I don't know if yours are true or not. <laughs> <laughs> so don't make me laugh. It hurts to breathe. <laughs> yeah, it's a poison. I think <laughs> Go get a coffee. Go get a ca- cafe alle or alle or whatever they call them, you hipsters. What? What? Is that a th- what, what are you talking about? What? You don't know what a cafe, ca- cafe alle is? No, I'm from the middle You're of nowhere, Ohio. I He's drink- a hipster, guys. Everyone, don't believe him. He, he moved to pay. He moved to portland so that he could you know hang out with like his you know his fake hippie friends <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to this man i have no friends <laughs> oh, anyways God. yeah um last one on the schedule wednesday december 27th uh southern miss that's my birthday everyone wish me happy birthday that day mark it on your calendar circle it with a big red pen uh yeah. southern miss taking on florida state in uh, shreveport louisiana at 12:30 local time, uh, plenty of tickets left for the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. Um, so, I think this one's going to be pretty entertaining. Um, Southern Miss is a pretty good team. Uh, offense is pretty entertaining with uh, Ito Smith playing a really strong year. Uh, defense isn't too bad. Um, they can uh, stop the run pretty well. Um, Meanwhile, Florida State, compared to what you normally see out of that team, they are quite bad. And I'm, I'm kind of amazed they made bowl eligibility. And had they not like played that rescheduled game, uh, because they won that rescheduled game against Louisiana Monroe, correct? Correct. Yeah, if they had not played that, then they would not be in, uh, in this bowl eligibility spot anyway. And they just lost their head coach, who bolted for another job. So... <laughs> Uh, I think they're kind of playing. He pulled a total Urban Meyer too, which is the funniest thing. Have one bad year, they just be ah oh, whatever. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. That was a really strange situation. Um, but... Oh, it was very weird. I think it was that Boston College game, losing thirty-five to three to Boston College, really gets you down in the dumps. <laughs> right? No, he was just done. Uh, so I, keeping that in mind, I think FSU is kind of playing in like a weird mindset. Sure. You want to go out on top um, or you, you want to go out on top with one more win before the end of the year, especially for your uh, seniors. But at the same time, like they're probably a little uh, frustrated about having to play in this kind of bowl, playing a G five opponent. Their coach is gone. Um, a lot of their better players from the year are, uh, are still hurt. So I, I think Southern Miss has a really good chance to win this game. Um, I'm, I'm not positive that they do. I think it'll be really close, but I, I want to think that they can beat this Florida state team. Uh, I want to think that too, but it's not going to happen. So I, I, yeah, I don't see Southern Miss winning this game. I just think, I mean, you can say what you want. Florida state has a bad year and they did. And you know, you, whatever you want to say is the reason behind that. If it's losing a, their quarterback, that it's losing their quarterback. Things happen in football. That's how life is. But the thing is that they're still a good team. I mean, they're still a power five team. They're still competing in the ACC. They're still, you know, they're still able to beat a, a you know Louisiana Monroe team that is really similar to Southern Miss, forty-two to ten. Um, I, I just I think you can you can say that you know they feel like this is a lost season. But at the same time, they're not going to go out of the season being embarrassed by losing to a, a Southern team that's in the G5 conference. I don't think it's going to happen. I just see no way for that to happen. I would love to see it happen because I hate Florida State. But I just, yeah, I think, I think the, um, 
the the spread's about right at fifteen point five. I think I think Florida State covers that. I think it's about a twenty twenty point uh, victory. Okay. Um, crush and that's your- not to say that's not to say Southern Miss is bad. No. I'm just saying I'm just saying when you when you get in the mindsets of these teams, I mean, like I said, like I said all year long, be upsetting a Power Five team is hard. It's a little easier when it comes to the bowl games, especially when you think you're going to get it, but um, or especially when you have a new head coach and you're trying like the other teams trying to figure out you know what your scheme, what are you guys doing, like all a lot of different things, a lot of questions go unanswered before the start of the game. So you know Southern Miss you know might have you know the ability to do some good things here, but at the end of the day, I just don't think they have enough to keep up with the Knowles. Is Willie Taggart coaching this year? I don't think he is, but I, I think I think with having an interim head coach, you can still see some like you know gutsy plays because they know they're not going to be the head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to be the head coach. Might as well at least just have some fun with it, you know. Try and try and you know go balls to the wall and see if you can you know somehow solidify yourself as a candidate for another head coaching position down the road. It's a solid point. But, uh, you crushed my dreams, but you made you made sense while doing it. So it's pretty Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're a gentleman and you're a scholar. Dilly dilly. <laughs> dilly dilly. Um, so that will wrap up the uh, bowl preview. Um, with that in mind, um, do you have any questions of the week to get to? Not really just question of the week. Maybe we'll just go, you know, who do you think is going to win the playoff now? You have the four teams. We've talked about it multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win it? I, hmm, you know, so you got Clemson versus Alabama, uh, Oklahoma versus Georgia. Yeah, I'm excited for that Alabama Clemson matchup. I think that's going to be. Oh, there. This is this is the best playoff by far when it comes to actual matchups. Mm-hmm. Be, like these two, these two games are going to be extremely fun to watch. They're on New Year's again, which is way better. Yes. So. Um, with that in mind, uh, I think my pick to win, I'm really feeling, uh, I'm feeling Alabama again, honestly. I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of bet against them, even given the fact that they, uh, you know, got so close, but we're yet so far, uh, in that game. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be Oklahoma and Alabama, in the championship game, and I think they become the uh, the second four seed because Ohio State was a four seed when they won, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they, I think Alabama becomes the second four seed to win the title. But I, as we've kind of learned over the course of the year, I'm very bad at picking these things. So, see, I think Alabama makes it, but I think they play Georgia, and I think Georgia wins. Yeah, you've been you've been riding with Georgia for most of the year, and uh, that's a that's a I'm good team to watch. With that team. I mean, I think I think the thing that puts Georgia aside from all the rest of these teams is they're so just even on every, I think when you're, when you're that even on all, all both sides of the ball, it makes you a very hard team to beat. And George, Georgia's that, I mean, Georgia with, without the hiccup, without the hiccup this year to Auburn, which it was a bad hiccup, like 23 points. That's a, that's a bad way to lose a game. But, um, like, just like if you, if you look at the team, if you look at who they have, a, they're never going to get tired of running the ball. They have three three running backs <laughs> that would be starters of any team in the country this year. In Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, and DeAndre Swift. Swift probably going to be a Heisman candidate next year, top three Heisman finalists. Um, with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb both leaving, and him going to be taking on most of the duties next year. Um, you have a quarterback. You have two quarterbacks that are freshmen, or one was a freshman last year, one was a freshman this year. Uh, with Jake Fromm taking over for Jacob Eason this year and, you know, going, you know, having a fantastic year, you know, having a QB rating of 168, you know, one of the highest in the country, uh, having three or four, you know, very reliable running or wide receivers and having a solid defense. I don't know how you get much better than that. And then obviously having a good kicking game because that matters. It's so hard for me to bet against Baker Mayfield, though. It is too for me, but the thing is, I just don't see you. You you're not betting against Baker Mayfield. You're betting against that defense. Mm. Yeah, I, and, I know. But and the difference is, Georgia can Georgia can stop a team. Georgia's proved that they can stop 
good offenses before. Oklahoma's yet to prove that they can stop a good offense. And they haven't. Hmm, who haven't they? Who do, who were their losses this year? Uh, Iowa State. The only good team, the only good team they played was uh, Ohio State, like really solid team. And Ohio State didn't even didn't even have a good offense at the time. They were pretty awful. Remember, that was right at the beginning of the season. True, but I mean, yeah, Ohio State was a pretty quality win for them, and even given the problems that they had. But you you don't consider Oklahoma State or TCU right quality wins? Not in the sense that when you when when I'm looking at quality wins, I'm looking at a top ten opponent that deserves to be a top ten opponent. I don't think TCU or Oklahoma State deserve to be a top ten opponent. Okay. And the fact that I think there are ten teams that are quality enough to be better than either of those teams and would beat them any day of the week. Yeah, and that's not. I'm not trying to be like mean or like the devil's advocate. I just think both of those teams have so many problems on defense, and they can't stop a single team on defense. And that's the same with Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, they beat Oklahoma State 62 to 52. When do you see a game that goes 62 to 52 in the SEC? Not you don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't. 41 17 against TCU. That's an impressive win, and I think that's a good thing going into the playoffs. But I don't think TCU is on the level that a team like Georgia, they're going to see in Georgia. And even if they play in the championship against either Clemson or Alabama, because both of those teams have great defenses. So I don't see, I don't see Oklahoma winning a championship. I could see them like potentially beating Georgia, you know, if, if the cards stack out in their favor, but I don't see them doing that even. So yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm really excited to watch these games. I think. Well, like you said, matchup-wise, this is the best playoff so far. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think this is going to be this beginning of the end of the four-game playoff, and the push for an eight-game will start soon, which will be interesting because then what does that lead for G5 teams getting a team in? Will there be a team in from a G5 each year? I would hope so. If it were up to me, I think you would at least have to give one of those spots to a G5 team. Yeah, I think what you do is you, if a team, like, you, you kind of go with, like, what the BCS was going with back today, and if a team's in the top, like, 17, and by the end of the season, I think they should, like, the one team should deserve it, like, the highest-ranked team from G5 should get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I say, think like, UCF, good. UCF obviously would have gotten it this year, like, 12 or whatever they were this year mm-hmm. to finish the season, so, something like that. I think that would be interesting, and I, I think... It would open up a lot of eyes if, you know, say a team like UCF got in as the eighth seed and somehow kept it close or even beat the one seed in a game like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the way I would really hope it would shake out would be like you give five of those spots to the Power Five conference champions. Yeah, and then three at large, two at large. Yeah, two at large, and you give one spot to the highest ranked uh, group of five team. I think that I think that'd be a fair way to do it. Yeah, or even just like you could even do like a twelve where though there's a one week buy for like the top four. I mean, just something. I mean, I I so I you know fans are like, well, we could cut down the regular season to be only ten games or something. And the problem with that is that you're never gonna see a school accept that no. because they want the money, they want the revenue. They're not gonna see as much revenue from say a bowl game or say a. a like, or especially teams that aren't going to make a playoff ever, they're not going to want to change their their schedule mm-hmm. so that other teams can play an extra like a larger playoff. So, right, that's where they just got to figure out. You know, is it worth it to have through four games in a, a playoff or two games or whatever? You know, it's going to be interesting going forward with that whole matter. I I completely agree because then like if you shorten the season to 10 games, that hurts the G5 overall because it's going to be fewer games and fewer chances to make money for these programs that already don't have oh, as yeah. much money as a Power 5 team. Yeah, well, and 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 those, those Power 5 teams don't want to get rid of those games either because right. that means they're at least getting rid of one home game a year, which means they're also getting rid of about $70,000 of profit probably, at least. Like, that's on the low end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I'm pretty sure, pretty sure ODU makes at least seventy thousand dollars a game 
So I would say those big teams, 300, 400,000. It's like the Auburn, that Auburn Alabama game that made them at least $5 million. <laughs> right. It's the yeah. same reason that like Notre Dame's not going to go to a conference anytime soon. I don't think. Yeah. Because they, have... they can just play on their own and then they just, they don't have to, they don't have to, they can sign on their own TV rights and that's what they've done. That's why they're on TV every week. Well, that too, but I was just going to say with the way Notre Dame, with their like history or whatever, they have like, what is it, like six rivals now? So if you get to like schedule those games, I mean, those games make you money against, you know, Stanford and USC and uh, Boston College and Michigan and all that and all those games. So like, yeah, for that reason, you know, teams want to play, you know, a schedule that kind of fits something similar to what is going on now in terms of the regular season because it's a pretty decent opportunity to make money. But yeah. still, the problem remains of does a G5 have a legitimate shot to actually like play for a national championship? And right now, as the situation with UCF has shown, no, they don't. So that's frustrating. Well, and and don't get me wrong here. And I like I said, not the devil's advocate, just being realistic. UCF goes in there this game they're totally deserving to have gone to the playoff because they won out, they won their conference, everything. Mm-hmm. They would have just gotten smacked. They would have just gotten destroyed within the first 10 minutes. It would have been 21-0 within the first 10 minutes to any of those four teams. It's and that's just the second. Thing, though, you know? Oh, no, 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 and I agree. I agree. But at the end of the day, you got to realize that they would have just been smacked by any of those teams. Just, just absolutely destroyed. The top and four think, is incredibly strong, yes. Yeah, and I and and I think when you look at it like that, and you say, okay, who's most deserving? Yes, UCF is. If if we're going off of who's the most deserving, UCF would be the number one team in the country, because they're the only team that's undefeated. They're the only team that yeah. So, but at the end of the day, who's the best four teams in college football? I I want to see. <laughs> teams in the country i don't want to see the most deserving because if i saw the most deserving you'd see an ohio state team that's not that good you'd see a usc team that's not that good you'd see and then you'd have two conference champions from other conferences Mm -hmm. probably probably um you know what you'd have you'd have uh, georgia and then you'd have uh, oklahoma and you obviously you'd see a georgia oklahoma national championship true can I say I think my favorite thing about the the playoffs this year is the fact that the Rose Bowl uh, is between an SEC team and a Big Twelve team. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> Other than a Big yeah, than the Big Ten Pac twelve. That's usually what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's gonna be interesting. I you know it's I wonder how they do these games. I would you know I think once they get to the power once they get to an eight game playoff or eighteen playoff which it'll happen eventually. I wonder when they decide to just make it you know um, a home game for one of the two teams for the first game. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, but uh, yeah, Alabama's my pick to win the championship. Sounds like Georgia's yours, uh, which makes sense. Uh, you'll probably you'll probably be right. I'll probably be wrong, as uh, most of these situations seem to go. However, right, you can never count out Bama out. No. However, a couple weeks ago, on our last bet of the regular season, I was right. And mm-hmm. if you remember correctly, my punishment for you was you can read a speech from a sports movie of your choice, impersonating a celebrity of your choice. Oh, Joe, it's so early. <laughs> And I didn't even remember to do this. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Joe, give me one more week. Or give me until the give me until then we do like a recap show or something. I'm I'm really at this point I'm just it's not time. <laughs> I, I promise I'll do it at some point, but I just cannot do that right now. Uh, all right. All right, I'll give you a pass until the uh bowl recap show, whenever we do that. Uh we're probably gonna take uh, a couple of weeks off on a programming note here uh, till the end of uh, the bowl season for the league. Anyway, uh, we'll come back and do a little review show of that and uh, you know, probably talk about recruiting a little bit and look forward to next year. So uh, on that note, it's been really fun uh, this year so far. Um, thank you guys for sticking with us as we uh, venture into this, this show. Um, I really enjoyed myself. Um, Satchel, hopefully you have too. Um, 
you've made a lot of North Texas friends along the way, and as well as other schools. Yeah. And you know, while I say while I'm on this point, okay. I'm not going to get political, but you know, hey, this might be our last podcast ever. That's true. Or well, that's what's going to end up happening is uh, we need to get the uh, SB Nation mothership to call uh, Comcast and the other providers and, yeah. uh, and you know, pay sooner... them so that we can use them so yeah, that ours, yeah. ours don't get slowed down. Yeah, sooner or later, uh, you know, SB Nation, hopefully, if we if we have the cash laying around, uh, um, then you can still access the site, and then you'll, uh, you'll get the SB Nation internet package, pay like 20 bucks a month, and then you'll be able to uh, still hear the podcasts and <laughs> read the articles and hopefully, you know, oh, God, that was... Uh, North Texas is going to pay just like... A hundred thousand dollars a year just to, so I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> They're just gonna like block me from like being able to use the internet. <laughs> I mean, would you take an extra hundred thousand dollars a year to not, to like just not <laughs> talk about yeah. Texas? I, I would no. take that money. No, <laughs> it's just so much fun. <laughs> you can't buy happiness, Joe. Learn that now. <clears throat> you can't purchase happiness, but you can troll people. Into thinking you hate their team enough, so that they say mean things about you. <laughs> I feel like you need to just make T-shirts with uh, just like your face, just as like money doesn't buy happiness, trolling buys happiness. At this point, well, I want to just make a shirt of me as a troll, and just have a shirt that's just me as a troll, and I'll sell it for twelve ninety nine. Get it today in our shop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we do. that would be funny if we somehow got to that point of like <laughs> making merchandise. And uh, but it sounds like I have a Photoshop project to get to of putting you on uh, the body of a, a troll toy. <laughs> um, Joe, no. how about you learn how to use Illustrator? Because I'm just gonna draw a cartoon version of it. Oh, man. You people with actual artistic talent, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that yeah. So that wraps that up. Uh, look for the bowl recap show when the season uh, starts to end there. But um, on that note, Satchel, what's your sign-off line? Brilliant. <laughs> Screw you, Roy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh, happy football watching, everybody. America. <laughs>